You're listening to the Beyond the Profi podcast, where we help you out of career burnout so that you can reclaim your personal freedom while pursuing your passion. I'm your host, Jasmine Haley, entrepreneur, influencer, and educator that will help empower you with our interviews, strategies, and straight talks. If you're ready to push past your comfort zone to your greatness, you have found the right podcast. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, this is Jasmine. Uh, I am still here at the Hemen, and my guest for this episode is Brooke Coleman. She is the founder, CEO, president of Vanguard Collect. I had a pleasure of meeting her, and I had to have her on the podcast. Thank you so much so, for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. I First of all, before we even get into the work that you do, I just have to talk about the work that you're doing with your daughter you have one or two I have two daughters an eight-year-old and a three-year-old oh my gosh it's I tell you I feel feel so warm and just connected when people when they do things straight from the heart and and you do that with your girls so please tell tell the listeners what impact you're making with your girls and the work that you're doing Besides what you're doing with Vanguard, I think this is something that we need to celebrate, you know? I'm super proud of it. So, firstly, let me just say that that what you're getting at with my children is exactly why I founded my company. Um, I didn't know. I'm so, I'm brilliant in many, many different things. But inspiring and uplifting people is is my mission. And I know that. I feel it in every being in my body. Um, And so I want my children, when I'm absent in their life because I'm in the business world, you know, and and I'm doing things, I want their college to be amazing. You know, when I'm doing all of these these things, all of this business, I have them in mind, and I don't want them to forget values, and I don't want them to not have things instilled in their lives that come straight from their mom. So I've incorporated a way to make sure that we spend time together. So we have created a, a Geechee Hospice little program where like on the holidays no one wants to be in hospice with a loved one you know why you're in hospice you don't want to be there especially on a holiday you always associate that holiday you know with being there so through all of the the times that I was there I knew that children uplifted that they just bring a smile to those people that you know are grieving and I was like what can we do they they didn't have stocked items in the fridge you know we had to leave not knowing if someone's going to take a last breath you know what can I do here my brain's always thinking like that what can I do to fix something what can I do to help the situation so my daughter and I we held you know her grandfather's hand and we come up with a way to uplift the the whole home and then we travel and do that to the communities we go in we give them cards you know she colors them pictures we hang them on the rooms we make sandwiches that morning we go put them in the refrigerator for them so they don't have to leave um, it just makes you feel good like I don't do it they don't even know who I am they, they have no idea who came and did any of that and that's the that's the beauty in, in it all um, I don't even have a name I don't have a nonprofit because I don't have time with my company to go out and try to do something else right now. I don't. In the future, my retirement, am I going to be a philanthropist? <laughs> yes, because I'm building an empire. Right. But um, I want my children, obviously my three-year-old can't get to the nursing home and paint fingers 
Yeah. You know, she just can't do that yet. It wouldn't be too pretty. Yeah. So my eight-year-old's <laughs> my only one right now helping me, you know, fix hair in the nursing home and yeah. paint fingernails. But thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I think it's it's wonderful. I mean, my children and I, we do little things where we can. Like if we have anyone in our congregation that's sick, we've, we've visited in the hospital. We've um, there, and what what I appreciate the most is that they're taking the initiative to do it now without me telling them. Exactly. So when they hear of someone that's sick or if they hear that someone is dealing with any difficulties, they're creating a card for them. And they're, and they're putting things like uh, Bible scriptures in there, taking the time to find certain things and write them out, especially my older one. The younger one's still like, you know, <laughs> she's eight, so. You get it. <laughs> she's seven. She's seven. She's seven. She'll be eight this year. Um, so it's it's just wonderful to see another mom doing that with her girls. It immediately touched me because then I started thinking about my girls. And I often say when I'm speaking is I am a lot of what I do is not just, it's not for me standing in front of a stage or, uh, or getting any accolades. It's really because I'm, I'm raising warrior women and I want them to yes. see that, you know, mommy is an individual. I'm also a mother. I'm a wife. And I'm also a businesswoman. And it's okay it to is be that okay. way. It is okay. It's okay. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And, and to have girls, I mean, I don't know what I would do with a little boy, to be honest. Yeah. I'm sure they're way easier people say that. But to have girls, I see myself in them. Yeah. And I want them to have all of the knowledge and enlightenment that I have in my brain, what's instilled in me. I want them to have that at an earlier age than I did. So that their self-discovery, by the time they're my age, they're going to have their own empire as well. Because I am not going to expect any less of them. It's not who I'm raising. Yeah, absolutely. Strong women. I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, amen. All right, so tell me, what, what even led you, tell the listeners first, what in the world... Because I've never seen any businesses like this. Now, now let me give you a backdrop. You. Thank you. Thank you. I am a straight, you know, I'm a dental hygienist. I've really focused just on public health. And so I need a lot of education on why you've created what you've created. So tell the listeners, what exactly is your business solving? What issue is it solving? And what, what is it? So I traveled for a while consulting offices. Consultants are everywhere. There are a dime a dozen, and most of them are brilliant, brilliant people. They truly are. Any woman that decides to go and do that has some sort of measurable knowledge in their brain and a willpower to succeed, and I give them props. But in my passion and in my empathy and in my everything that I am, I understood my strength is my weakness and my weakness is my strength. I say that all the time. I get too involved in a practice and I become part of their family and I can't go and consult and and still have my own family because I take it upon myself. You know, I do all of these things and I'm like, so what can I do to separate myself and still be able to share my, you know, all of my ethics and, and how can I help other people without being a consultant? So 
two years ago, 2017, I, I set off on a road, didn't know where I was going exactly, but I created a focus group, and I was like, I need a lawyer, I need a traditionalist, I need a millennialist, uh, you know, the list goes on. I need a CPA, like, just give me some people in here, you know, that aren't going to be judgmental. I need some criticism. Just give me what you got. And once I laid it out and through several meetings, I decided I know what I'm great at. I know money like the back of my hand. I can collect it because I know how to talk to people in a respectful manner. Do I want to be a collection agency, I thought to myself. Well, that, to me, a collection agency, when I say it, it just seems negative. Does that seem negative? Yeah. When I, I mean, heard it, I was like, what? Yeah. It just, well, it, everybody thinks it does. They do, but they have not met me. Uh I, when we approach collections, and I'm just going to get off subject because I do tangents. It's just what I am. I apologize. When we attack collections and when we call patients to collect money, we do not say, you know, is this this phone call is being monitored or and recorded? That's not that's not who we are. We don't wish the patient to immediately hang up. You know, we don't immediately need them in, a, in an attack. You know, we don't need them to have that front. It, yes. it, it's, just, it's just negative, and you're not going to collect the money, right? So we speak to them. We listen to them. We let them know, hey, you know, this practice has hired us to help amicably resolve your account. We see here you've been a loyal patient of the practice for a substantial amount of time. You know, we've built relations with you. We love your family. Report is, you know, very important to us. What can we do to help you, you know, resolve your account? Would you like to, you know, at least pay $10 today? I know that would make you feel better. You know, let's just, let's put one foot forward. What can you, you know, what can you do today towards your account? Does that not come across a lot better than this phone calls being monitored or yes. recorded. Yes. It's just it's a totally different it's it's a totally different approach to collections. And so we founded that portion of the company and I was like, why are we chasing debt? Why are we chasing this money instead of preventing these accounts from going past ninety anyway? What okay, so let me take it back to my consulting. What can we do on the front end? I would rather these clients invest in my services to better themselves than to pay me a percentage of me collecting their their money that was already owed to them to begin with. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't to me that just doesn't even make sense. So yep. I'm like, okay, let me let me just go let's proactively approach collections instead of reactively chasing them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what let's let's A to Z it. Insurance verifications. It starts with insurance verifications. Having all of that information prior to a patient's visit, it's not only good to know what what their coverage is for that day so that you can collect it up front and not have to pay for a stamp, not have to send them a billing statement, not have to go through all of that. But it's also pertinent to have that for case acceptance. You have all of these codes, a comprehensive breakdown of benefits. You have all of these codes in front of you, and they need treatment. Don't let them walk out the door and go home and, and stress about it. Tell them, hey, your insurance, this discount card, you have this coupon, you know, how, whatever, the Aetna Savings Plan, you know, all of these beautiful things that's going to help you, use it. Don't, you know, you're paying for it. Use all of these wonderful things, whatever it is you have, whatever top, let's use it. This is what they're going to help you pay. This is all you have to pay with it. 
do you want to get started today? Let's let's flip it. Yeah. That's beautiful alone. So then what can we do next? Well, let's take it to all of the check posting. That's a very meticulous process. All of those adjustments have to be written off. The fee schedules have to be, you know, in the computer. They have to be right. The group number can't be wrong. The the, the PPO, Premier, whatever, none of All of that is important to submitting the claim for a faster payout. If you submit it with the wrong information, then guess what? You're going to get a denial. You're going to get... A, you may not even get an answer, and so then you have all of this money that is yours sitting in the computer, and you think that it's coming because you see, oh, you know, my 60 days says I have this amount of money coming. Well, some of it is not coming because it wasn't filed correctly or something. So we go in, we post insurance checks, we file appeals for insurance, we do all of the stuff. You know, my, my employees are all medically and dental trained to understand the many facets of dental and medical insurance billing. Yeah. They know the codes. If the insurance comes back and is like, you know, blah, 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 we can communicate that with the patient mm -hmm. because we are not a typical collection company. Yeah. We can stress to them, hey, you know, I found that your insurance wasn't able to, you know, approve this because we needed an intraoral oral image. The, the radiographs enclosed weren't good enough. That they, they didn't show a fracture on the tooth. But guess what? Your hygienist, she knew, and she, she made sure to take the appropriate measures. She has this image. It's a special image. So we're going to resubmit that with the insurance claim for you, and I will get back with you in a couple of weeks. Please do not worry. Yeah. It's just, it's all in, in the languaging. It's all in care, and it's all in what I found in my company to be. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's complex. That it is. is. <laughs> and listen, whenever I used to be, when I was working clinically, if they had, like, insurance questions, I'm like, oh, yeah, let me let me send you to the front. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to deal with that. <laughs> that's a lot. Because and that's what I love. I, well, this is why, when you told me what you did, I was like, you know what? This is your blessing. <laughs> oh, because that melts my heart. It's it's. That is really tough to be a service provider and worry about all of that. Now, yeah. I was listening to a conversation you were just having with my friend Sonia, and excuse me, I remember when I had first started working as a hygienist that the doctor could, I remember when I was supposed to get paid, they couldn't pay me because the doctor needed to pay his mortgage. It makes me so sad. And, you know, as a new graduate, I really couldn't comprehend the state they were in. Now, as a business owner, I'm like, whoa, mm -hmm. to be in that situation. So you're having patients come in, you're providing treatment, you've got three or four employees, but you can't pay us because your mortgage needs to come out. So I feel like there's a crisis. If that, that's probably one of many offices that needs your expertise to help with that. Do you find that that is common for many offices today? Yep, I do. And knowing all of the people that I've known, I've been in dentistry for 13 years, and I know amazing, I know amazing people. And if it's not something that I can tackle, I will tell them, you know, and I will refer them to the right place. Um, I'm not going to be a disservice. I know if I accept a client that I'm accepting them because I know that I can help them and that I'm going to see measurable results that I'm able to show them. Yeah. Some people, when they're already in a financial burden, they don't, 
they don't understand that investing in someone to help them is truly an investment. Mm -hmm. It's not until you can show them the ROI mm -hmm. that they really get it. And mm -hmm. so if you're already having financial struggles, it's, that's when you do need to take the measure to pay a little bit more to have someone come in and help you. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. uh, starting up a business, oh my word, like I'm pretty sure I lost a lot of hair. My husband said I did at least anyway. <laughs> anyway, it just it's hard to explain to them to be proactive and yeah. not reactive. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what would you say is like the first step for offices when they're trying to learn about this? Like how, how do they prep themselves to be as proactive as possible? What would you say is like one tip or strategy they could actually employ? Wow. I'm not going to say that's a really good question because that's cliche and that's what everyone says when they don't know what to say. <laughs> but I really have to think a moment because, I mean, you, you're, you're in this industry too. Mm -hmm. Every practice is unique. Mm -hmm. Everyone's opinions are unique. Mm -hmm. Everyone's needs are different. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like your AR is not where it is supposed to be, and you have questions, that is your first step to knowing that you probably need help. Mm. That's true. I mean, I can tell just from my experience, I have never worked on the front office in except for, like, making appointments, calling. I was a dental assistant prior to being a hygienist. And I remember my first year of business, I tried to handle all of, all of you know, all of the accounting. And... It was a hot mess. It's a full-time job. It is. And by the end of my first year, I was like, I am having somebody handle everything for me. Mm -hmm. Everything. And then all of a sudden, they were giving me profit and loss sheets and all. I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> I'm looking around like, what in the world? <laughs> so can you imagine me coming in? I'm like, I'm just, I'm very heart-centered. I'm like, all right, I want to go out there. I want to... Uh, change people into thinking, you know, better about themselves, conquer this and that, and didn't even consider, well, in order for you to make that change possible, Jasmine, you've got to understand business. Exactly. And I think if I'm like that, I can only imagine what it must be like owning a dental practice, being the owner of it to the point where now you have to deal with employees, you've got to mm -hmm. deal with front office, back office, and you got to provide treatment. Right. It's not until you own your own business that you you're asking your employees, "Hey, why did you why did you print that?" Yeah. Yes. Well, well, let's let's not waste that much ink, you know. <laughs> but, but when you're working for the dentist, you're like, "Oh, just print that. We don't have time." Right. You know, when you own your business, everything is in a new perspective. And if AR is is the cash flow of the practice, you can yeah. be a huge producer. You can produce all day long, but if you don't have someone mindful completely, completely managing your AR, you're not going to collect your revenue. It's just, mm -hmm. it, it's just not going to happen. But if you, if you find yourself ever, so let me just go off on another tangent. I told you I'm good at it. <laughs> so we go into an office last week. There's 
two different financial advisors and one insurance coordinator. So I'm thinking, you know, they're going to really have it together because some practices only have an office manager, and she's expected to put out fires all day long, rehire, put an interview on the, you know, schedule, do this, call and pay this bill. Then she's got to pop in and take an impression because the assistant's in the other room working because the doctor's supposed to be omnipresent. He's supposed to be in four rooms at one time because that's how his schedule fell. You know, you know the office manager's putting out fires. And she does not have time to go and say, well, why wasn't this insurance check posted today? Or, like, be mindful over the AR itself. That is pertinent to vital. You just have to have cash flow. Mm -hmm. So back to what I was getting at, if you don't have someone overseeing that every single day, you should be worried. Yeah. You should be worried. And, And I know we're probably wrapping up, but something that you just said sparked something a really wise man told me you have if you think about football the the main coach he makes a lot of money and he's a really smart guy right that's why he's where he's at but he's level with the players he's level right there with them he he can only see so much but he makes the calls because that's why he makes the money that's why he's you know he's the head coach so where is the defensive coach? Where's the offensive coach? They're up. They're way up in the boxes watching the players. The, the offensive coach is watching his offensive team. The defensive coach is watching the defense. And they report back to the head coach because he didn't see where they messed up because he was delegating and he was leading his team. That's what he was there to do. Mm. When they bring it all back together and create that triangle, that's when the magic happens. You mm. have to have somebody over every aspect, right? Yes. Just because you're a great head coach, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you can run the entire practice. Mm. Man, that was good. Mm-hmm. That was really good, right? <laughs> Girl, I know. I'm telling you, I think about it all the time. It is so true. Yes. It is so true. Thanks for tuning in to the show. We value each and every one of you. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on beyondtheprofi.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend and leave us a review. We will see you next time, BTP family.